All right, boys and girls and friends of human suffering, welcome back and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pancation Podcast. As always, we're going to try and dive into someone's brain closely related to the CrossFit or fitness world and just learn a little bit more about them, their history, their backgrounds, their habits and routines that maybe in some way will help you to tweak, improve or optimize your life, not only in fitness, but also reaching outside of the gym. This week's guest is Christian Lucero. Christian is not only a four times regionals competitor, but he was also able to book a ticket to the CrossFit Games in 2016 and also finish in the top half. At the time of this recording was a few weeks before regionals. When Christian went to regionals, he was actually sitting comfortably in a top five qualifying spot after day one. On day two, unfortunately, he injured or re-injured a pec muscle and had to withdraw from competition. So first of all, best of luck on that recovery, Christian. Um, him and I chatted for a little bit and we talked to ev- about everything from his games performances to regionals performances to how he got into sports in general, um, his dip into an MMA career, all the way over uh, his unhealthy obsession with frozen yogurt so i hope you guys enjoy it as always if you have a minute after listening to the episode feel free to just leave us a comment or a like and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to the episode all right guys have fun all right first of all thanks again man for doing this yeah of course together so fast really appreciate it this one yeah good to go yep cool do you guys edit this at all yeah we'll edit it okay We'll edit if something weird okay. happens, but usually we just let it run. Okay. Um, yeah, so thanks thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. Love being here. Yeah, thanks for um, reaching out. Yeah, should be fun. All right, so we'll jump right into it. We kind of go chronologically okay. usually. So we start in the very beginning and then work our way up. So the question I usually always start with is all the way back, like childhood, like what was your first like athletic experience and kind of take us through like maybe high school, college type of like your athletic career, okay. how that progressed. Um, so my first athletic moment, you said? Yeah. Um, probably be when I was, shoot, I don't even know how old I would have, would have been, but I was really, really young. My dad always had me in some type of sport, doing something. Um, he was like one of those dads that always had had me involved in in something, whether it was like martial arts or, you know, soccer, uh, football. I didn't start playing football till I was in middle school, though. He he wouldn't let me start playing football till I was in middle school, and got bigger. Yeah. He made me start lifting weights first, and then and then he let me play football, and then um, so. But like always, our family was always centered around you know some type of sporting event. We would always go to school or you know whatever, and then we'd be um, doing something. I think the first sport I ever did was gymnastics, okay. if I recall correctly. I was you know really young, and um, and so I did gymnastics for a long while growing up, and then you know right when I got to that age where it was like oh you could do this and be competitive and start to like. Um, you know, be more competitive, but it's going to take, you know, X amount of hours a week. This is going to be the only sport you can play. And so my parents were like, hey, do you want to, you know, continue with gymnastics and do this? And you're not going to be able to do anything else, like no other sports. You know, you're going to have to do this. And they're like, you can either do this or you can um, 
you know, play all these other sports. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to do all the other sports. I yeah, I want to try. I want to. I want to continue to like play different things. I don't want to be like stuck in in gymnastics. Which, uh, at that age, you know, I'm I'm glad that that's what I did because uh, I don't know that I would have been a good gymnast as far as like how <laughs> tall and like my build and stuff. So right. it'd have been an uphill battle. Um, so yeah, that was my first I think memory is you know just remembering going like getting picked up from you know kindergarten or preschool you know, somewhere around there and always going right to gymnastics and, you know, spending a couple hours in the gym, you know, working on whatever they would have you work on and, and doing that. And um, so I think that's, you know, where I started a lot of my athletics was, you know, that with that foundation. Okay. And then that progressed into, um, you know, grade school playing, you know, soccer and, I think I played a little bit of tennis. I played, you know, basketball for just the middle school I went to. Never was, like, that into basketball. Um, but I played it. I played um, baseball, t-ball, all that stuff. I think I stopped playing baseball. Um, I did a year of when they would pitch to you. So, like, I played t-ball, you yeah. know, uh, the pitching machine, coaching pitch. And then the year... I did like one year where the kids started pitching and then I was like, fuck that, I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) These kids suck. And so, like, I'm not about to sit here and get hit with balls all day. So, um, but if I had to do one, like, sport, like, pick a sport that I stopped playing and continue to play, that would probably be baseball. Um, Just because of, you know, longevity of of the sport and, like, yeah, the athlete and, you know... Uh, they're still making, you know, really good, really good money. Um, sure. Obviously, there's some big money um, in baseball. Yeah, so I wish I would have like pursued that a little bit more. Um, and then I played lacrosse a little bit, football in middle school. I really just played lacrosse because of football. You know, I liked hitting people and I liked that contact sport. And yep. so when Football is out of season. I would play lacrosse just to, you know, be able to hit people some more. And they give you a stick to hit people with. So I was like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll see what this is about. Um, So that was was fun when I did that. And then, oh, growing up, also when I was really young, I would also do – my dad had me doing martial arts when I was really little. So, um, you know, started with taekwondo and then went into Muay Thai and then – wrestling boxing my uncle's a my uncle on my dad's side is a he's a boxing coach in florida and so he has a few um, pretty high level featherweights i believe and so um he would come out and visit us and i would always work with him you know growing up and then um eventually that you know through middle school and stuff that um started doing more like wrestling jujitsu and then you know kickboxing all that stuff so um basically just dabbling in all of the different yeah, martial arts everything. yeah yeah um so that, that was always really important to our family and to my dad especially was that we had a, a, a basic foundation in you know gymnastics and martial arts just so that way you know whatever we did or whatever we we went on to do we could always have that to fall back on as far as like you know 
being self-sufficient and protecting ourselves and protecting others and, you know, just being able to handle yourself in the world. Yep. And, um, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a sister. And okay. so she, and it was she the same was, thing for her yeah, up. same thing for her. She was treated no different. Like, so now she's, uh, at Stanford playing lacrosse on oh, a full ride. Awesome. So, um, yeah, she won a, a few national championships in high school for no soccer and lacrosse. Okay. And, um, and now she's at Stanford playing there. So, yeah, we did that growing up, you know. And then in middle school and high school, I played football, some lacrosse, but football was, like, my main my main jam. Um, and then started fighting my senior year of high school, so doing mixed martial arts, just kind of putting that whole background of, of fighting um, that I had, you know, grown up with, kind of putting that to use and you know, dabbling in that. And I had a couple of buddies that I played football with that were getting into it. And so me and them, you know, we would always train together, you know, getting ready for football season and through the season and like always be in the weight room. That was one thing that I remember is just always, you know, if I wasn't at practice or anything like that, I was at the gym, you know, trying to get stronger, trying to get better at, you know, whatever I could to be the best that I could. And so, we had a couple of a couple of buddies of mine, you know, shared that same thing. So we would we would do that, and they kind of fell into you know uh, started doing kickboxing and stuff like that. And we were like, oh hey, you know, come work out with us, try this out. And you know, I was like, oh, this is stuff I've been doing for you know my whole life. Mm-hmm. And so um, started doing that, you know, a little bit more, and then kind of fell into mixed martial arts and um, and fighting so I did that my senior year of high school and then for two more years after that I moved to I grew up in Encinitas California and uh, went to La Costa Canyon High School and then I uh, right after high school moved to Denver I have a lot of family in Denver and so I lived in Denver for maybe four four years before I moved back here so I didn't go to college I didn't do any of that I was fighting at the time and was like just kind of uh, uh, writing on that I was like I'm just gonna do this and you know see where this takes me see what I can make out of this and you know make my make out of out of what I'm doing and then um, so did that in Denver for a while and then found kind of fell into CrossFit through that so okay. I would um, the the gym I trained at was in Denver it's called a uh, factory X Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu and um, they have a few few fighters out of there like uh, Joey Warren who's a Bellator guy he, he I don't know I don't think he still has the belt but he had the belt at one time in his weight class um, Chris Camozzi who was a UFC fighter you know there's a, a few few guys in and out of of that gym and through that circuit and um, one of my strength and conditioning coaches um, would they would he would train us after we would you know roll or spar or you know hit pads whatever we were doing for the day uh he would have us do crossfit workouts since there was a crossfit gym in the same building oh, okay. as the fight gym so he would have us you know come over and do you know cindy or helen or some type of workout or some type of circuit training we were doing crossfit um and I, you know, would excel at that stuff and, you know, love doing that. And he was like, hey, you know, if you, I think the workout he gave us was like Cindy. And he was like, hey, if you get, you know, X amount of rounds, you know, call me or, you know, let me know. And 
we need to talk because you know if you can if you can do that you know that CrossFit and this you know growing sport which you know was new at the time and mm-hmm. um, what year is this around? This was twenty thirteen maybe okay. twenty twenty twelve. When did I graduate? Yeah, twenty thirteen. Okay, and um, and so yeah, I did it and got you know whatever. He was asking about and I was like and so we sat down and he was like hey you know I think it might be a good idea to pursue you know this and you know maybe put fighting on the back burner you know because fighting is so you know it was already kind of developed at that time and in order to get really big in fighting it would take you know another probably seven or you know six or seven years yeah just you know continuing to to grind and fight and you know it's a hard road um you know fighting local circuits you know even if you're a pro you can be fighting local circuits and still be making like you know maybe a thousand or two thousand bucks a fight but that's for you know a six month or you know four month training camp and you're not making anything and possibly getting your ass beat yeah exactly and you know the kind of your future all depends on uh, promotions, bigger and bigger promotions, seeing you, liking you, and signing you, seeing potential in you, and so it's kind of out of your hands, you know. At the end of the day, if you want to be in the UFC, you got to you do do your best to show the executives at UFC that you know you're worth signing. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, it's up to them gotcha. if they want to sign you or not. Okay. It's not like you know, oh, if you've won X amount of fights, you know, you're going to get a contractor, or if you're top twenty, you go to regionals. Exactly. So, like, I I did like that about CrossFit was like, you know, hey, you can, you know, if you're good, you're gonna you're gonna go to regionals, you're gonna go to the games, you're gonna, you can you can win if you're good. Yeah. And you know, there's there's always in in other and stuff like fighting, there's always that element of like, well, you could be the best, like someone like Fedor Emelianenko, who is you know maybe considered one of the pound for pound best fighters ever, but never fought in the UFC, you know, so. You know, because of, you know, his contract and, you know, them not, whatever the case might be, you Uh know. So, like, and he's a lot less well-known than someone like Chuck Liddell or something like that, you know. And so, you know, I like that, that CrossFit is, you know, if you're one of the best in the world, you can, you know, you're going to go to the top regardless of. Yeah. If people like you you or not. Or if, you know, the the executives or the, you know, people running CrossFit like you or not. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I just started, you know, training for that. And at first I was, I was doing both. So I would try to, you know, do a CrossFit workout. I remember like the time I said, okay, I can't compete in both or try to like continue to do both. I, I think I did like Helen and, and then, you know, went all out, got, you know, super gray, which is like me and my teammates term for like, just, you know, redlining and, you know, Uh fucking just like getting to that point where you feel like you just want to puke or like pass out. Yeah. So we call it going gray and, um, got like super gray and, and then tried to go roll and, you know, do jujitsu and was just so messed up from, from the workout that I was like literally just kind of laying in positions and just holding (laughs) positions and like not really caring, just trying to like survive. survive. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, I need to, you know, put all my my energy and my effort towards one one or the other. And because of the weight classes and stuff and fighting, like for my height, I'm five nine. I'm a little over five nine, but not five ten. 
Uh-huh. And so for my height, my weight class should be a let's see, I fought at 155s at my height, but I was short for my weight class. Yeah. And so like we had guys that were 6'1", 6'2", fighting at 155. Oh shit. Yeah. And so you know, ideally at my height to be one of the bigger guys, I would have to be, you know, a 135 or a 145. And, um, yeah, so, like, the guys that... And I, I naturally was sitting around, like, 180, naturally, just mm-hmm. kind of at that time, at that age, I was around 180. And so... Where are you at now? Uh, right now I weigh... I don't weigh in pounds. I usually weigh in kilos just because my wife yeah. is a weightlifter so uh-huh. she has to do everything in kilos so I just don't fuck with the scale I just leave it <laughs> in kilos um, so I weigh like yesterday I was 87.5 uh, so that's like 190 yeah, yeah around 190 and so yeah so in order to be like a 185 or usually like the 185ers are you know 6 2 cutting from 2 10 to 15 sometimes 220 you know so um you know it's just a different a whole different ball game as far as like the weight classes and all that goes and in order to keep strength on you know in like a strength sport like crossfit where you know not necessarily a strength sport where it's like all strength it's you know a good mix of everything but i would say more endurance but still you need to be able to snatch you know close to 300 pounds if you want to be one of the best in the world you need to clean and jerk you know over 350 um, you know, be able to move heavy weight, you know, continuously for long durations of time. And you can't do that at, you know, a hundred and if you're five ten and you're a hundred and, you know, 70 yeah. or 65 pounds, 170 pounds, you can't do that. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that's when I kind of decided, Hey, I'm going to, you know, go after this and, and then kind of never looked back and, you know, cause started gaining better and better and seeing those results and, doing you know local competitions and um you know started i think right when i switched was the start of the open in 20 might have been 2012 or 2013 i can't remember one of those years but i remember um starting you know making that switch and then being kind of right at the time of the first or of the open and so it would would have been my first open Uh and so did that and was like okay, you know, there's, I definitely need to work on, you know, a lot of things and get better at a lot of things. And, and, uh, then just, you know, kind of put my head down and started grinding and, you know, getting better and better training a lot, doing local competitions just to get more experience. Um, you know, seeking out better and better training partners and positions and coaches and stuff like that. And just kind of climbing that ladder. But you still felt like this was something that you can like do and this was something you could excel at yeah mm-hmm. you, you, you realize that pretty soon yeah really? i think um yeah i think so just i don't know if it's something that you know i i was you know obviously in the beginning you're not going to see it especially in the open is if you're comparing yourself with you know yeah the guys at the top at that time were like rich froning dan bailey um Jason Kalipa, all those guys. And so if you're comparing yourself with them, you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, what? But, you know, I had people behind me and in my corner and, you know, in my life that were very, um, 
uplifting and uh, believed in me and you know continue like always would you know hammer that into me and you know you know tell me about you know tell me all this these things and so I don't know if it's necessarily something that I saw right off the bat but it's something that you know people that were close to me saw and believed in me and trusted in me and you know told me and I kind of just believed in what they were telling me gotcha and you know so having that you know a good system like that where I had people in my corner that that believed in me and that you know nurtured that I think helped a lot because you know you're not especially nowadays starting you're not going to see or think that you're close you know especially if you're looking at the open you know it's easier and I think in different sports to climb that because you can't really compare yourself to somebody directly you know like if you're playing football when you're in in college you can't really or you're in high school or whatever you can't really compare yourself to somebody like you know that's the best in the NFL right there's maybe no like direct the 40 time or maybe like yeah. the vertical jump but that doesn't relate to the game directly exactly whereas CrossFit you can look oh like I got this score on this workout yeah. and this guy got this score on this workout which makes open. it a cool sport too yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah definitely so. dude this is going to be a breeze you're making my job easy you yeah. answer like the first six questions oh, with, shit. with one question <laughs> so love it yeah love it um, so let's make like a big jump then so, going into CrossFit, you're doing CrossFit for a while, uh-huh. then regionals, then last year, your first games appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, last season, let's take just last season, mm-hmm. what was your favorite memory if you think about that entire year? It can be like open, regionals, games, something in between, something that happened? Um, I think my favorite memory, and I, I mentioned this on, on uh, the, the live that I did with the Q and A I did with Progenics, uh, I think last week or a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. was probably just the experience of sharing like that that whole season and that whole um, yeah season of not only CrossFit but like season of my life with my wife and since she was going through like a, a huge huge season as well as far as you know breaking American records and you know, placing herself on world teams and, um, you know, national teams and, you know, Pan Am teams and then uh, going into Olympic trials and, you know, trying to make the, the, the Rio team. And, you know, if you know anything about weightlifting, that's like an incredible, incredibly hard, you know, thing to do, especially in America, just with our qualifying procedures and, and all of that, it's very, you know, very in-depth and, you know, it's not like they just take the best, girl in every weight class and they just automatically go you know you have to be the best in your weight class but you also have to be one of the best out of any weight class and so um they kind of take into account you know um they basically rank them on you know who's going to do the best at what their their theory or their like equation for how do we get the this the person that's going to do the best internationally at the olympics okay and so they use, you know, their calculations for that. And so everything's really based off that percentage, you know. And so even these girls that are in different weight classes are fighting for these, you know, uh, three spots. And gotcha. so, so it's like body weight compared to their lifts, basically? Uh, no. they If they did that, it would be good for her. But okay. they don't. They do a, um, a comparison based on the – so they take the, the, pe- the previous three – and this is what they did last Olympic cycle. They're changing it up this – this next quad so it'll okay. be a little different but last 
quad and for a lot of previous quads, they tick your, um, so if I'm a say 85, or say I'm a 58 woman, like her weight class. Um, They take your weight class and they um, take the world third place total. So at worlds, you know, the world championships, they have those, uh, the years in between the Olympics. So they have three every four years. Um, They take the, those three world championships and they take the third place total. So whatever the 58 third place girl got, the bronze medalist, and they average so say in 2012 she had a you know two two hundred and you know twenty kilo total and in in 2013 the third place had a you know twenty uh, or a two hundred and fifty kilo total they take you know the all three of those they take the average okay. of the third place total and then they get a number so like okay this was the average the average third place total at worlds was you know twenty or two hundred and you know say 15 kilos and they take uh her her total her best total in competition and they take a percentage of that okay so they do that for every weight class so every girl is trying to get as close to that that third place average at worlds as possible and so like depending on where you're at they'll get a you know oh i'm 96 percent you know my percentage is you know 98 percent of that third place total and so that's how they rank the girls you know that because they have to rank girls that aren't in the same weight class, and so yep. the only they way to them yeah to exactly. Each other. And so the reason that it'd be better if they did, you know, a body weight percentage is because it would um, with the third place total, it it factors in the the strength of each weight class. You know, so you know different weight classes are are more competitive than others. Okay, and so like you usually find that the, the weight class is more in the middle are the most competitive because you have the most girls that are sure. around yeah. that weight naturally. Uh-huh. And so usually the, the, the outliers are the, the lightest and the heaviest, heaviest. weight classes. Mm-hmm. And so those uh, percentages or those totals are going to be a little bit easier to get to as far as like internationally. And I mean, I guess that's the reason they do it is because they want to get, you know, the girls there that can get placed the highest, you know, and mm-hmm. so get the, the highest, you know, placing. Okay. So it makes sense in that regard. Um, but yeah, it just makes it tough for the girls in the in the middle. In the middle, yeah, in those kind of weight classes that are uh, very competitive. Yeah, and um, and so yeah, so she was going through that, and um, that all happened within two weeks. So you know, her Olympic trials and then my regionals were back to back weekends. Okay. And so yeah, um, just kind of sharing that whole journey of you know open regionals games, you know, along with her journey of you know, worlds, um, nationals, and then, well, nationals was the Olympic trials, and then regionals, and then, so just kind of sharing all of that, you know, the ups and downs with her, and, you know, um, being able to, to see her, you know, on the sidelines, and when I could in between events, and after I would finish, and after I made the games, and all of that, and um, just kind of seeing her, you know, her face, and how happy she was, and, you know, how proud she was of me. And, um, and that, you know, cause you know, she wasn't able to make, she was an Olympic alternate, but she wasn't actually on the team. And so okay. she was really close and it was, you know, a tough, tough thing, obviously when you're doing something for, you know, 12 years and that's the goal and you fall like just that, yeah. that short of it. Um, it's obviously tough. So being able to, you know, almost kind of make up for that and, you know, 
and and make one of our goals happen yeah. was was that's awesome was a cool experience and to share that with her because you know it's very much so uh something that is you know all consuming so your significant others you know a huge part of that you know absolutely and um yeah so that was probably one of my favorite moments and you know my those were my favorite moments you know of last season um definitely so it's awesome i'll tell you what my favorite moment was when you beat Josh Bridges in the last oh, seconds yeah. on like regional snake on regional snake yeah. just because you were like switching faster. Yeah. I remember like I was at home yeah and I have a computer hooked up to the flat screen. TV. I was all I was home all by myself yeah. and just screaming at the television. <laughs> yeah. so that was the sickest thing. Yeah, that was a fun workout. Yeah, a lot of people like that. Yeah, that was a good. That was cool to watch. Good, good workout. I like that a lot. Speaking of, what do you think of the workouts that just got released? I like them. Any thoughts on it? I mean, they're gonna be fun. They're gonna be good, hard. I think um, people are are underestimating how bad they're gonna hurt. They, Twelve rounds they always look, hurts. They look simple, you know, on paper, but those workouts are always the ones that you know are gonna hurt the most because we're gonna be pushing, you know, the sure. hardest. And so um, I like them. It's an interesting day one, and it definitely makes for um, you know an interesting rest of the weekend as far as like what what'll what'll come out. Yeah. So I like them. They'll be exciting. They'll be fun. Um, I was surprised that they didn't, you know, open day one with a ladder like last year, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they'll have it day day two somewhere in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. So then, speak. Thinking of games end, right? You could, you go back into training. Mm-hmm. What's usually your favorite part of training, like of the whole season, mm-hmm. right? Going from games to games. What do you love the most? Do you love kind of slowing down after the games for a little bit and focusing on the details? Do you like when the open comes around? Do you like regionals? Like, where where do you get the most excited? Um, probably the most excited is and more speaking of right, like your training, right? Like yeah. Obviously, you're super pumped to go to regionals, super right. pumped to games. I'm more speaking of like in what training do I like the gym. best? Yeah, um, I definitely enjoy regional training the best. I think getting ready for regionals is always mm-hmm. um, well, and I've only. You know, I think it'll it'll change, you know, year to year. But the past couple of years, I've really enjoyed the the swing into regional training and just the intensity, how it picks up, and how we do, you know, our our training changes as far as like we'll do more um, mock regionals on the weekends, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and through okay. the week we'll do, you know, more lifting and gymnastics based EMOMs and conditioning and stuff like that. And so I, I do like that 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 kind of style of training and how it, it swings from, you know, a little slower in the off season and then, you know, focusing on different things there and then right. kind of swings to focusing on, you know, the things we know we'll see at regionals and I just like that that shift in intensity. It's like it's um it's always fun, I think, to to feel that shift and that intensity and that energy in training, you know, because we're all, you know, training for that one goal in mind and yeah yeah so i like that i, I believe it the most that's yeah. pretty sick okay so then correct me if i'm wrong you made regionals three times mm-hmm. before making it to the games uh yes is that correct yes okay so there's a huge leap obviously if you go from like a even a competitive open competitor uh-huh. to a regionals competitor right? Like right if you look at like let's say the top 150 guys uh-huh. right and compared the to the guys that actually make it to regionals there's like a huge difference right okay now Looking at your years where you made regionals uh-huh. to the year where you actually made the games, 
and now this year you finished third in the Open um, in SoCal. Uh-huh. What do you think is that difference maker from people that actually do make the games mm-hmm. and people that just make it to regionals and get crushed? Um, that's a good question. I think that the biggest the biggest thing that I could think is just executing and I know there's a lot of people that can do it in the gym and they can do it you know when there's no pressure and I think that that's you know a whole different skill set is to be able to execute and do what you have to do when there is pressure and when it does count and I think a lot of people uh, you know crumble under that and you know because I think that any given day there's a, a good amount of people that with their skill set and what they've developed in the gym, you know, belong at the games, but they're not there because when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, in regionals or in a, a tough, you know, pressure-packed situation, they, they don't execute that and they don't show that and they kind of uh, let that get the best of them. And whether that, you know, comes out in, you know, missing a lift or, you know, you know, messing, you know, burning out or fatiguing too easily because, you know, they're adrenaline so kicked up and their breathing's all messed up because of you know the the intensity of it and the all the excitement i think that that is such a underestimated part of any any sport you know whether it be fighting or you know football or crossfit or you know baseball whatever it might be is is performing under pressure and being able to execute you know when you have to right and the game day switch yeah exactly and just being able to do what you've you know trained your body to do you know mm-hmm. there's nothing that you need to do differently it's just being able to do it when it comes when people are screaming and when yeah. um you know there's something on the line because it's easy to do it when there's nothing on the line totally yeah are you kind of speaking out of experience there with like thinking back to your first couple times at regionals yeah absolutely is that I mean, kind I of think what we, you feel like you went through we all i think yeah every every athlete i feel like goes goes through that where they have to develop that and to experience it and some people get it right the first time and some people take you know a few tries to get it right and some people never get it right Right. and it's kind of just one of those things that is so mental that you're not working on that that aspect and you know practicing that as much as you can um it's it's definitely going to show on on the game day you know so trying to trying to to mimic that or or experience that as many times as you can or you know uh simulate that as much as you can um that way when it comes you're you're ready for it yeah yeah so to in order to prepare for that let's from like your last year of regionals to the year of regionals where you actually made the games yeah um what changed like in your like daily routine and training or even at home like outside of the gym what do you feel like did you adjust anything or we, did you know you were on the right path and you just kind of kept pushing? Uh, yeah, I definitely changed things. Um, I moved to California so I could train with my coach mm-hmm. and, you know, train with uh, the team here at CrossFit Costa Mesa. And, um, and that is, you know, makes a huge difference if you know you've trained with people and you've trained alone. It's, you know, definitely a different, different type of training and different type of intensity you can get. I think they're both... Um, training alone and training with people are both, you know, really good to do and not to have too much of one or the other. It's definitely a good balance, I feel like. Um, 
so you know that that is definitely something that that helped um, yeah just focusing more on 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 you know doing everything to to make sure that I'm not leaving anything on the table so like making sure my recoveries um, you know, I'm executing not only um, workouts and you know what I have to in the gym but also at home you know making sure that I'm going to bed and getting enough sleep you know um, getting worked on as far as you know soft tissue chiropractic all of that um, you know mentally you know working on on you know being the best I can be and focusing on what I can mentally you know and letting things go that are out of my control and then um, controlling what I do what I what I do have control over you know making sure that that is is where where I want it to be and then um, I don't know probably I think a big another big um, way that I was able to make so many leaps and bounds as far as competing wise is um, being with my wife and you know going to all of her meets and being in the back with her um, weightlifting is definitely a very very high pressure situation you know you have three lifts in the snatch you have three lifts in the clean and jerk and that's it and um, you know so there's not a lot of chances a lot rides on every lift and you know um, just talking with her you know about you know what she was going through mentally you know her her struggles and her you know triumphs through with that and kind of going through that together and then also experiencing and going through you know her her competing you know together and so like being in the back helping her mentally and um, physically with whatever she needed and, and making sure that she was you know good to go and then also you know being going out every with you know every one of her attempts I would go out and you know watch and cheer for her but it's also like like I'm going out there so like you kind of go through the same ups and downs with her you know totally. so I kind of would feel that it's almost worse too when you're not competing because you have no control over it you know yeah, so totally. but you're feeling the same the same pressure the same like ups and downs and so I think that 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 helped a lot just to mentally and you know go through it with her and go through those ups and downs without actually having to to compete and so um you know that's always good practice and i think that 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 helped a lot you know whether i knew it or not at the time right um yeah definitely was was uh is is something that is you know was helping me a lot i think you know because she was competing a lot at the time and you know i did go to all of her competitions and was you know kind of that that role for her um and so you know that definitely played a, a factor in it yeah right so the secret sauce basically then just is everyone needs to start dating a yeah. big weightlifter <laughs> yep and then yeah you, you should be good to go yeah exactly right, it's that easy it's awesome yeah <laughs> Um, as far as your planning goes for the season, mm -hmm. so let's say before the Open, mm -hmm. were you planning for the games? Are you planning for the games now? Or are you, were you just planning for the Open, then regionals, then games? Uh, I mean, the, the, the big game plan is always, you know, to, to go all the way and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and so, but I think once, once that's established, I think that is just a given, you know. 
um, going there last year and doing yeah. what I did last year. You know, my coach and I, we don't really have the talk of, okay, you know, I, I want to go to the games again. Or I want to, you know, get this placing at the games. I, you know, I think it's it's just assumed, you know. We, gotcha. we had that conversation one time ago, uh, a long time ago when we first started working together. And I think that's the only conversation we ever had to have about it. You know, he asked, well, you know, what what I wanted to do and where, you know, what my goals were. And I, you know, told him I wanted to be the best. And, you know, I'm not the best yet. So we're still working on it. On yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, it's, it was kind of just implied, you know, and, but we, so we don't really have to, to set that year after year. It's kind of just, you know, focus on, on one step at a time, you know, first making regionals and, you know, be, making sure that I'm in the top, you know, um, to go to regionals and and then you know and then that's making sure that I'm in the top of regionals and uh, going to the games and so it's kind of one one step at a time always focused on what we have to focus on in order to get to that next next step and that next level this yep. year that next stage yeah exactly and so I love that all right yeah. um, if you could change anything about the sporting process and if it's nothing, like if, if your answer is nothing, then that's fine, right? But if you have like one little detail, is there anything you come up with? To change? Yeah. Um, let's see. I would definitely want to get paid more. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be cool if CrossFit... Um, it's not really practical with how it's set up, but if they made some way to take take care of the athletes and to um, you know just facilitate more and more growth in 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 the sport and with the athletes as far as like um, you know supporting the athletes and taking care of them, you know, kind of like how the NFL they're they're employees of the NFL, you know, they get health insurance through the NFL, they get, you know, but that's because they're on, you know, teams. And so I could see why, you know, it's, it would be hard to set up CrossFit, you know, in order to, or to be able to do that because you have so many people competing and in and out. Yeah. But, you know, just setting up better ways to take care of the athletes so they can continue to do what they what they need to do and get better and better and keep evolving right. and pushing the sport to, to grow more and more. Especially nowadays when it takes 24-7 to yeah. be good at the sport. Yeah, it's definitely not like something that you can just um, kind of do on the side anymore, anymore and, yeah. and be in the top. You know, it's becoming one of those things that, you know, you need to be 100% in. Yeah, so just making it a little bit easier for for the athletes to be to do that and I think it will eventually but yeah. you know it's it's kind of like one has to go up before the other one does you yeah. know and naturally the level of competition has to go up before the level of uh, support can go up yeah yeah so Absolutely. yeah cool alright then on to the question everyone's been asking or everyone has been waiting for uh-huh. um, your hair yeah is there a secret recipe <laughs> to uh, no, just grow it out. No secret. <laughs> Brush no, it. Like coconut oil or oh yeah, anything crazy like that. Um, egg whites. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, try whatever. I like coconut oil. Right. Um, I like 
uh, Mane and Tail shampoo. Um, <laughs> I like Lush. Lush is cool. Um, maybe we'll get a sponsorship from Maybe Mane Lush. And tail. Yeah, yeah, or Mane and Tail. There you go. Um, what else? Yeah, just brush your hair. Have good hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some coconut oil in it if it's dry. Uh, shampoo, condition. Marcus, you and Marcus Philly were definitely com- uh, competing for the best hair. And oh, uh, yeah. he didn't do the openness here, so that so means I you win by default. Get the crown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Get the crown. Now I got to keep up, keep a reputation up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before he comes back next year. Exactly. I got to get my hair game going. So, also, another rumor is you have an unhealthy obsession with uh, frozen yogurt. <laughs> I don't know if it's unhealthy, <laughs> but. Uh, it's uh, definitely it's an obsession. Definitely, it was. So f- I definitely had one last year. Um, I've I've since cut that out. I've probably only been to Yogurtland maybe like a handful of times since the games last year. Okay. So um, I still have my platinum Yogurtland card with my name on it, Hell but yeah. <laughs> but I uh, haven't been using it as much. What's the Christian Cero Yogurtland special? I don't know. A, pe- a lot of people, like my wife, she likes like all the, the chocolate and like the, the and yeah, the toppings. But she likes the like real decadent stuff. And I'm more of like, I'm more of like a, a plain tart yogurt and like strawberry yogurt okay. kind of guy. And like just kind of mixing kind of plainer flavors and then doing like gummy bears. And doing what? Gummy bears. All right. I like gummy bears. But I'll mix it up. Usually, I can't really like. When I, in the past when I've gone, I've had so many carbs to fill and not a lot of fat. So like I end up eating so much of the ice cream that or the frozen yogurt that it's like I get sick of it so fast. So I'll have I usually get like one that's like more fruity, uh, tropical flavors uh-huh. and like stuff like that, and then I'll get one that's like um, you know more rich, like chocolatey and okay. stuff like that, and, and do that. So so yeah, the yeah. It's fine that you mentioned that about your diet because my. Buddy was actually texting me, and he mm-hmm. was in uh, charge of doing all the research on you. So he was oh, yeah. stalking you uh-huh. back and forth, and yeah. he said that he heard or read somewhere um, your macros. Yeah, and it was like a ridiculous amount of carbs, like above five hundred. Yeah, and like a minimal amount of fats at yep. like sixty. Yeah, um, is that just something that over the years you figured out that that's what works for you, or is there uh, a specific reason to that? Yeah, I work with uh, working against gravity. Okay, so. Um, uh, I've been working with them for about a year, year and a half, um, and so they they I work with the coach there, Francesco, and he he works with my macros and my body composition and the swings of training and you know what type right. of training. So like right now it's it's a lot lower. My fat's still sixty, which is bullshit. But, um, <laughs> I've only got like three hundred and fifty carbs, three hundred and forty carbs, okay. and still proteins. It's at 250. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like training for the games last year with how much volume we were putting in and how my composition was and where I was do- what I was doing, I was at like 550 some days. And Still then like on refeed, huh? refeed days, like 650. Wow. Yeah, and fat was like 60 grams or 70 grams. And so, yeah, it's tough, so tough to fill. To do. Yeah. So what, is, how, what does your day look like then um, to fill macros like that? Usually like a lot of... You know, sweet potatoes, potatoes, rice. Um, I'll do quinoa sometimes. I don't love quinoa, but um, yeah, so nice. legumes. I like beans. I like legumes. Okay. I'm a fan. Um, so, yeah, just kind of all my meals would have to be, you know, with a good amount of 
of carbs, a good Absolutely. plate of carbs. And so, but some days, you know, you, you do better than others. And at the end of the day, you're stuck with, you know, a certain amount of carbs. And that's yeah. more so when I would do like the yogurt land is like to fill that okay. without any fat um, or with minimal fat. And so, yeah, right now I'm a little bit more balanced. I'm at like 350, but still low fat. I don't know why. I guess my body just doesn't respond well to high fat diets right now. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> fat diets are easy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, I've been reading a lot too about like the the ketogenic diets and all yeah. that. That's been like huge the past like few years. Absolutely. And, and um, but I feel like a lot of that is, you know, in an endurance sport like we're in, like your body can't run Absolutely. off of off of that your body has to run off of of carbs in order for you to have that like yeah last kick and i've and i played in the off season i played a little bit with you know higher higher fat higher protein lower carbs and i definitely felt that like i didn't have that that last gear or that little kick at the end of my workouts or in the middle of my workouts i definitely felt like i was um like missing something and then once i started introducing like the, the lower fat higher carbohydrate diet uh-huh. um, it definitely it definitely got I got that back and so it was just interesting to play with definitely because like it, as for somebody that's like not exercising as much or like in a you know professional I think that anyone that's not in a you know professional sport or doing you know a sport like that an endurance sport professionally where they they need that like the higher fat diet is a bit more beneficial and the lower carbohydrate yep. you know and um so yeah, what i've what i've gotten from it too the endurance yeah. sport it kind of helps because i guess it helps your body to take on oxygen more right. like it's been shown that like people who are on a ketogenic diet can actually hold their breath much longer oh, really? than someone who isn't just because your body utilizes the oxygen that's available to you mm-hmm. much differently but okay. in like the outputs that we are going mm-hmm. through Oxygen only plays so much of a role where, like, the carbohydrates that you're burning right on the spot, right, like, the, play a bigger role for like es- especially stuff. like the the shorter workouts. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, because I, I played with that a little bit in the off season. Because um, like, who doesn't want to have more fat? Totally. In their life? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been reading. I don't know if you know who Tim Ferriss is. If you've heard of him, he wrote the Four Hour so. Work Week. It's like my favorite book mm-hmm. ever. So if you yeah. if you're a big reader. Checked it I'm out. Not. He, he just, <laughs> it's he like just, pulling teeth to get me to read. He just released his second book. This might actually be something for you because yeah. I like have to force myself to read too. Yeah. But this is like, so he does a podcast too. And this is basically super short articles on everything right. that he's learned over podcasts. Okay. It's called Tools of Titan. So he always like oh, nice. um, interviews top performers and like their tricks and their habits and like trying to like figure out why they're so good at like what okay. they do. Yeah. And one thing that he is kind of describing in a chapter that I'm reading right now, which I thought was super cool, mm-hmm. the way he uses the ketogenic diet is as like a fasting mechanism. Oh, so he yeah. does it like every five to seven weeks for like three to five days. He does ketogenic? He does just a ketogenic okay. diet. And I guess if you do it more and more and more, you can get your body into ketosis much faster, so you can do it in like 24 hours now. Okay. And then be in ketosis for like three to five days. Mm-hmm. And it can help um, kill like pre-cancer cells yeah it can completely like reset your immune system by like mm-hmm. rebuilding stem cells and stuff like that it's, it's pretty nuts nice so i was thinking maybe you can couple something like that because right. you, he said you can't really work out 
while you're on it, especially okay. if you're like doing it like yeah. that. Um, so I was thinking maybe couple that with like a deload week or something, yeah. right? Every time we deload, yeah. also the it definitely keto. seems like the, the ketogenic and like that style of, of eating and then also incorporating the fasting is just like a much better, uh, as far as like being more healthy and like having a, a more healthy system. Yeah. But like what we're doing, you know, CrossFit's great, but if you're going to compete professionally and competitively in anything, it's not going to be healthy. Like yeah, your body's true. not going to be healthy. That's so, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's de- I definitely think that, that, that diet definitely like from all the stuff I've been hearing about it has, has yeah. been shown like to definitely just make your body much healthier. That's and, super interesting. Yeah. I def I heard, um, a lot of people or a lot of stuff too about like intermittent fasting. So like only eating for, right. you know, I forget the specific number, but you know, 10 hours out of the day is the, only like the, the window. Yeah. Eight hours. Right. So like you, you can only eat from like eight, you know, eight or sorry, 10 in the morning or nine in the morning till like eight at night or something like that or seven. Yeah. So like only eating in an eight hour or 10 hour window and then fast, like, you know, quote unquote fasting for yeah. the rest of the the night and then the morning. Um, I think I heard, you know, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, she was on like Joe Rogan's podcast talking okay. about it for a while. So yeah, I like podcasts. Yeah. I, I'm definitely, um, more of like a listening, watching kind of guy than like reading. reading. Yeah. yeah. It's tough for me too. Yeah. I just get super tired too. I just pass out yeah. after like two pages. Yeah. Especially because like, I feel like I'm like a, a busy, busy bee. Like I always have to be doing something. So even when I'm at home, like, it's hard for me just to like relax and like not do anything. And I feel like reading, I'm like, you know, relaxing. I'm not doing anything. I'm just reading this. But if I'm like listening to a podcast or like, you know, listening to something, I can like be working in the garage or doing other things yep. and like, you know, do that while I'm doing other stuff. Absolutely. So yeah, that's just like my, my yeah, you should You should check out Tim Ferriss. Like okay. It's just, it's, I think it's just called a Tim Ferriss podcast. Oh, okay. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. You'll like it. All right, man, we're all wrapped up. So the last thing that we'll do is we have, like, a couple, like, quick hitter questions. Okay. So we'll start the clock. Oh, shit, they're timed? <laughs> and you've got to get through these as fast as you can. Okay. All right? So. Is there, like, a prize or something if I do? or? Sure, we'll get you another shirt. <laughs> <laughs> What's so, Is there a record? We, we had the record set at, like, 150. 40-ish something by Brendan Barnes last time we did it. Okay, so 140 is the time to beat? Yeah, 140 is the time to beat. Okay. Let me set my let me set my watch. But he also the last question fucked him up, so alright. So one I have, okay. I have the questions, you start the clock. Okay. Alright. Three, two, one, here we go. Alright, cats or dogs? Cats. Burpees or thrusters? Thrusters. Favorite superpower? Wolverines. Peanut butter, chunky or creamy? Creamy. Uh, favorite pop tart? Strawberry. If you could live anywhere in the world? California. First word that comes to mind? Gay. <laughs> favorite girls workout? Fran. <laughs> if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life? Pancakes. <laughs> that was frozen yogurt. All right, one thing nobody knows about you? Um... If I'm at home, I'm probably naked. <laughs> Crushed it. <laughs> 43, 43 seconds. seconds. New time to beat. 
<laughs> Gay and probably naked. That's what you should take away from this podcast. Yes. All right, man. Thanks so much for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Always. Awesome. And that will wrap it up for this week's episode. Thanks again for tuning in, you guys. If you have any questions, comments, concern, anything like that, feel free to email us at team at pancation.net or just find us on any of the social medias, either under Pancation or on Instagram, it's our Pancation because apparently someone needs to have our username on there. Uh, the website, you can find more useful information on our blog. We'll be posting more and more to that website, little helpful insights and blog posts on anything from nutrition to daily routines to just finding new exercises to keep you improving or just keep you interested inside the gym. The website is paincation.net. So feel free to check that out as well. And as always, if you can leave us a like rating or a quick uh, review, that would be very much appreciated. All right, guys, enjoy your pancation.